everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I am joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am, you know, I'm a little shooken up. Right before we started recording, I found a snake in the room I podcast in, and I'm <laughs> terrified of snakes. It wasn't even that big of a snake, but I'm okay. I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm, do, I'm doing all right. Um, as I was just telling you, I am also shaken up, but for a different reason. I'm yeah. dealing with uh, with some Canadian tax stuff. Nothing bad, but my uh, my QuickBooks is it's either glitching or at one at uh, one point late at night I clicked something I shouldn't have and it logged a bunch of shit. It's it's nothing bad. Like it's just within my QuickBooks program. Mm-hmm. But I have to go through and comb through like seventy five logged transactions that are bogus. It's fun stuff. Be, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I have to call <laughs> the accountant. It's a fucking mess. Stressed me out for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Of course, I found that out just before this dynamite episode aired, so it completely killed my mood heading into this episode so normally when that happens it takes me about half an hour to get into the show and i thought that might have been why i didn't like the show and then i looked online and i was like oh nobody did yeah it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't their best effort i watched the first hour last night and then i watched the second hour Mm -hmm. at work today no one told my boss but i watched it on my phone (laughs) so that could have been because i broke it up it could have been why i didn't find it as their most compelling episode ever yeah it just so it was it's a few things it's they tend to do a few matches where there's zero build Mm -hmm. like no build and that means that the guys have to put on an absolute banger where people have to really like those guys and if it's younger guys or guys that haven't been on tv that much you are doing them a huge disservice Mm -hmm. by just throwing them on without any build, without any story. Poor J.D. Drake. Holy fuck. That guy went out there and had a very good match. But, like, he cut an incredible promo on YouTube on The Road 2, and then they didn't show it on the show. This is the first time people have seen him. They don't know who the fuck this is. Yeah. They just see some big guy, and you're like, okay, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> but he cut a promo on the road too, which they put up on YouTube, which is the type of promo that gets somebody hired. Like it was mm-hmm. really, really good. And until now he's just been on dark. So if you don't watch dark, you don't know who the fuck JD Drake is. Yeah. What do you, why are you doing this to him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and if you don't follow the indies, you don't know who he is or anything yeah, like that. So they tend to have a habit of doing that sometimes. And as a result, um, it doesn't necessarily feel like a destination sometimes with these matches. Like they always make the surprise announcement of a match the day before. So this time it was Hangman versus Caster. Well, that's cold as hell. Mm-hmm. Why do I care about that match? Yeah. Hangman doesn't have a story right now. Neither does Caster. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. mean, like, let's get into it. But this is sort of a, a problem that they've been having. And then if the other story elements don't hit which I didn't think they hit on this story or on this episode, then you're in for trouble. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Hangman versus Caster. What were your expectations for this? I imagine um, they weren't, weren't many. Yeah, because I didn't even actually know this match was going to happen until I started watching the show. I was like, oh, okay. This is, I, I, when they saw this happening, I was like, well, this should be at least a fun match because both these guys mm-hmm. are good. So, mm-hmm. And it was. It was a fun match. But like you said, going in completely cold, there's no story to it. And, and yeah, like, you, just, you just don't care about it mm-hmm. going and in. Like, you're just like, well, I know Hangman's going to win and... Caster's going to cut a rap, and Hangman's going to do his moves. Mm-hmm. And I did not... like Caster's rap at the beginning, though. I thought it was pretty funny. It was good. It's like lying about uh, Joe Biden and stuff made me laugh. But yeah, like you said, if if there's no story, then you just have to have like just a balls to the wall match, which like and... like in, like old PWG days, like they just have matches, but all those matches were just insane. So you got invested in them. Mm-hmm. But this Whereas, one, yeah, this one is. This was a by-the-numbers hangman match, which is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but when you're, like, his his matches are good. Like, at the, at the baseline, this was a competent match. It was fine, but, like, it kind of, it was kind of sluggish. There doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency. The mm-hmm. work was fine, but all the major beats took really long to play out. Yeah, like maybe they the... just knew that they were going up against the NXT stand and deliver show so they're like well we don't have to go super hard on this episode because but i don't know (laughs) that sort of seems like what it was but then it's like but these guys are professionals they wouldn't phone Mm -hmm. it in yeah doesn't really make a lot of sense but yeah this this match like there's a lot of interference from bowens in this match and all those interferences they played out so slowly and Hangman would turn and look at Bowens or the ref would turn and look at Bowens and they'd pause for like yeah, three yeah. or four seconds. It was just, okay, It seemed guys, like the you, timing wasn't right on all the interference spots. Like, it's making you guys look dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, they just look like doofuses. So, in the end, Hangman saw Bowens trying to pass the boombox to Caster while he was doing the dead eye. But he grabbed the boombox, gave it to the ref. They put it in the corner, I guess so slowly that they couldn't see Bowens then walk over to Caster and hand up a chain. <laughs> and then he he hits Hangman with the chain that only gets a two a two count. So it's like, oh, shit, really? All right. I thought you just I thought you hit him with a chain, but I guess not. Then he hits the buckshot lariat for the win. Yeah, I just the match is just kind of a bore. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I give it like three stars. Yeah, just wasn't terrible. Yeah, was just there. Like there's, there's, there wasn't much memorable about it. But the, which I think is, it's really bad for the opening match, for that to happen with the opening match. It sort of sets the tone in a poor way for the rest of the show. Like Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's just uh, said yeah. Uh, you would think that you would want to have a match with a little more build as the opening. It's like, okay, let's go. Can't wait. But like, ah, oh, Hangman versus Caster. All right. Yeah. They should have started it with um, like Bear Country versus uh, Jurassic Express or something. Mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't like that match either, though. But I agree. That's the type of match that you want to start. Well, with. I mean, they've been setting that one up and it had the Kong versus Godzilla tie-in and all that stuff. In we'll get theory, to that. I, I have some thoughts in, about that match when we get to it. In theory, that's exactly what you should do. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we had... Uh, you see... Yeah, next we had Death Triangle and, and Best Friends in a segment. This is a I little d- promo I honestly segment. don't remember anything about this. 
second. This is the thing. It's like so much in this show just seemed kind of throwaway. Mm-hmm. Like it was a bunch of throwaway shit, which in that sense is maybe what they were doing going up against NXT. They're like, all right, we're not going to do our big guns. Yeah, because when we get to next week's card, I was like, when they showed it, I was thinking, I was like, this is what they should have done this week going against mm-hmm. NXT. But mm-hmm. but they're, you have to remember, they're essentially going up. They're going up against a WrestleMania but, pay-per-view. Yep, yep, yep. Which I get. It's NXT's so you don't wanna... biggest pay-per-view of the year. Mm-hmm. You don't want to like throw out your, your top angle to get crushed. Yeah. So, yeah, with this one, we have Death Triangle comes out. They're, they're talking about how next week they're going to be facing the Bucks for the, for the championship. And like, okay, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And then out comes Best Friends, whereas my mind plays Best Friends and Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander comes out. So she is now officially part of that group. And Orange Cassidy says, hey, it's uh it's it's good to see you guys. And then they play the clips of Death Triangle just assaulting best friends in Orange Cassidy yeah. way back last year, this time last year, actually. Yeah, they show that like gnarly kick that Phoenix got on Orange Cassidy from last year. That was nuts. Yeah, I that was remember that. Right at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to have the original uh parking lot brawl. Yep. Yeah, that's right. The, the next week, and that mm-hmm. never ended up happening because of the pandemic, and Penta and Phoenix getting stuck in Mexico, and Pack getting stuck in the UK. So they had to just scrap that for a while, and then ended up pivoting to do it, to do it with Proud and Powerful. Mm-hmm. So they essentially tell them, "Hey, uh, we're we're just here to tell you that we we remember." the the assaults that you gave us and then pat grabs the mic and he says oh i see what you guys are doing you're you, you see that we're going to be the new champions and uh and you want to get first crack at the title but i'm just here to tell you that you guys have a lot of work to do before you get to that level and trent tells them that yes he understands that they are that they're lower on the rankings but they have more wins than anybody in the division and they're coming just waiting mm-hmm. for it. They're coming. And then they just kind of leave. All yeah, they them. like do the awkward high five and then it was like over. I was like, That's like okay. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird use of time. Mm-hmm. And also, it's very, it was even more weird because they're talking about a match that's happening in the future when next week we have a championship match. I want you to talk about that. Yeah. Like, best friends, wait your turn. Like Pac has Pac has a point here. <laughs> They're here to hype up a huge max a huge match next week, which now yeah. makes which now makes it Yeah, I don't know. It's odd. It it'd have made more sense if uh Pac and Phoenix won the titles and then at their celebration the best friends came out. Yeah. Said, do this hey, promo we next this. week. Do yeah. this promo in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like you you didn't have to do it on this show. Like yeah. this segment did not need to be here. We could have just had Pac talk mm-hmm. about how he's going to kill the Young Bucks. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Cool. Where's, yeah. Give me some Alex Abrahantis. I didn't see him. I was mad. Yeah. Yeah, where was he at? Yeah, it's just it's just a bizarre segment. It was like, I don't understand why this is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's taking away from one of the biggest matches, what should be one of the biggest matches of the year. Death, 
Death Triangle versus Young Bucks. The young that's Bucks, amazing. Yeah. Talk yeah, about that, that shit. That's a pay-per-view level match right there. Okay, so next we had the best segment of the show. Yeah, I like so this So this a lot. was the Inner Circle and Chris Jericho. It is a very good promo by Chris Jericho. Like, him at his best. And he was kind of all over the place on it. Like, he said some things that shouldn't work that I'm just going to let it slide. He said that he said he flubbed one line and I'm not even going to talk about it because because what he meant was cool and I don't care. Um, (laughs) So I'll get into it. He. uh, Yeah, I watched back. I watched this this feedback on on Fight TV when I was doing my notes and in the commercial break just before he starts cutting the promo while they're in commercial. Jericho asked the crowd, he's like, hey, you know, just before we come back, maybe 30 seconds before we come back, I'm just going to ask you to start doing those inner circle chants again, because it makes us really seem like a big deal. <laughs> That's and funny. It's just it's a really good way to baby face himself and to mm-hmm. endear himself to the fans, because yeah. I'll tell you what, like outside of AEW, fuck Chris Jericho. Yeah. I'll, this episode is just like shit. He's so good. At I love Chris Jericho again. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. He's like I haven't been his biggest fan lately, and he's been a heel for so long. It's like I don't want to root for him, but his promo here was really good. I liked before they went to commercial. He's like, and we're gonna talk about it right after this commercial break, and that made me laugh. No, uh, he, <laughs> he was on his game on this one. Mm-hmm. They they come back from commercial, and he says the inner circle is back. In black, it was like, <laughs> there you go, Christian. That's fucking awesome. They yeah. look like a million bucks. He's yeah, they, got the go. He's got the beard going. He's got the new jacket going. They're all in black. Yeah, the, they all look cool as hell. Jacket with the tassels on it. That was cool. Didn't they show up at the very beginning of the show too? Like pull up in yes, cars. They they yeah. did. They all showed up in their own cars and Corvettes yeah. and like Camaros and, and trucks and walk towards the camera. They look cool. Yeah, they looked awesome. They look fantastic. They look cool again. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that months ago they were. He says that months ago they were, no. He said uh, a few weeks ago they were given a beat down by the pineapple, which was funny. <laughs> called them yeah. the pineapple. Like there's two people in this company that could get away with that line. Chris Jericho, Moxley, mm-hmm. call, <laughs> calling the pinnacle the pineapple. He said that it made them realize that they've made a lot of bad decisions the past six months decisions that hurt the fans hurt the people in the back he says that those decisions were caused by mjf my jerk off friend he says my jerk off friend he said mjf uh he thinks that he outsmarted jericho and he's right jericho can admit that he's not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to some things. And he starts talking about science class when he was a kid. And yeah, Jericho in the real world is kind of a bit of a dummy, but mm-hmm. it's funny. And I like that he's poking himself, poking fun yeah. of himself there. And then but he says where he does excel and where he is kind of a genius is pro wrestling. He knows the business. He knows the psychology. And he said, that's why he brought in MJF. He knew that MJF was dangerous that's why he brought him in to put him under his thumb because he knew that he was a threat and he wanted to use him because he's very he's very smart he's very cerebral he's very athletic 
And he knew that MJF would figure this out. He's not an idiot. He knew that eventually they were going to fight. But he said that MJF was just a step ahead of him. MJF is mm-hmm. the pinnacle at just 24 years old. He considers him. He considers himself a fine wine, getting better with age. The problem is that MJF's only 24, and he doesn't really want to wait for the for the wine to age well. He wants to be better than the goat now, and he's like, "That's not how it works. You got to take baby steps. You got to be better than Peter Avalon. You got to be better than Michael Nakazawa. You got to be better than that stupid scarf you're wearing." And <laughs> let's be honest. Chris Jericho has been wearing scarves long before you were. And that's just another stolen Jericho gimmick that he has. He said, in the back, I've got a clipboard. If you want to use that to write down all the other gimmicks you've stolen from Le Champion over the years. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> then he says that he, he's like, MJF is the biggest mark of them all. He listens to the critics. He listens to the fans. He goes running backstage after each segment, each promo, each match to ask the boys what they thought, to to ask Twitter what they thought, to see what the reaction is. He says in this business, that's a mark. And now he's going to formally change that to being a max. And (laughs) I really like this because I've heard it said on a on a podcast. I can't remember who said it. It might have actually been Jericho where he said that he said Maxwell is he actually is his worst critic and he will run to the back and be like, "Oh, what did you think of my match? How could I improve my match?" Like this is based in reality. This mm-hmm. is actually what he does. He runs to the back and gets everybody's opinion of himself. Hmm. Which I love That's that good, he used. That's good when you can blur the lines like that. I thought it was really good. And <laughs> he and Chris Jericho says that hey man, I'm better than you. And you know it. And this is and this is making that fine wine in your brain ferment and become sour. He's like, and that's why you yeah. look around and you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of sour men. And then he just buries them all. He talks yeah. he's like, Tully He's the third string member of the Four Horsemen. FTR, they're completely interchangeable and boring. Who's who? I don't know what their names are. And it's funny because yeah. everybody does mix up their names. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, Spears, he said, everyone says that he's got, that he has this great upside. But the only thing I've ever seen from Spears is the messages that he sent me on his phone from all the times when WWE dropped him. And speaking of shitty decisions like that, the blonde mohawk. Yeah, he made in, fun of his blonde. In twenty twenty one, what the hell? <laughs> and then he says, Wardlow's got a thirteen cent brain and a million dollar body, mm-hmm. and that the only way that he can count to twenty one is to is to strip naked. Yeah, and I was like, he said, like I've seen him do it or something like that. <laughs> like, that's really funny, mm-hmm. and that's the one where he screwed it up. He yeah. said thirteen cent body and million dollar brain, but then he. Did the twenty? He did the counting to twenty-one line, and I thought mm-hmm. that was fucking amazing. Yeah. And then what, he says that we've all been building to. He says, "Let's cut the shit. Let's stop playing grab ass." He announces that on May fifth, they're we're finally gonna get blood and guts. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." Yeah. 
this is finally it. getting it. This is it. And thank Waited God. Waited a year they, for it. Thank God they baby faced Chris Jericho. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck do I cheer for in this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to hope Chris Jericho takes a beating in that match, which he will. But it'll just, it'll be good to see. There are some guys in that match that. Oh, I'm so excited. FTR. Yeah, FTR. FTR. Proud, powerful, Wardlow, Sammy are all the guys I'm super excited for to see in that match. I actually think that Spears will actually excel in that match as well. Spears comes off to me, and this is going to be funny because of who he turned out to be, but at the time, uh, Steve Austin was kind of a nobody in Mm -hmm. WCW. He even had that little... That little thin frock of blonde yeah, hair which the is hollywood kind of, blonde and stuff yeah which is kind of similar to uh mm-hmm. to spears's blonde little mohawk that he has like he was the afterthought of those matches and he is was really really good in war games matches so it's good to kind of have like a guy who's who's not the top guy in these matches to take a beating because mm-hmm. steve austin took one of the worst beatings like an absolute gusher in the war games match that he was in yeah. in WCW. It's one of the, it's one of the better looks, one of the better crimson masks they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knew how to, to gig himself to, to bleed pretty well, but yeah, I'm excited for this. It's, it's kind of like with the last segment with the death triangle and best friends and orange Cassidy. And now the blood and guts being restated. It's like, like, all right, pandemic's over. We're, we're just kind of starting some of these storylines right where the, we left them off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's funny it's like they cut they almost use this episode as a all right we're not going to do anything on this episode but what we are going to do is tell you what we're going to do when there's no competition mm-hmm. yeah it's like, Which, it's like next week come back and we'll do something cool for you yeah if you didn't know next week is the first week that uh aw will be by themselves on wednesday and nxt is moving to tuesday which when they've done that in the past when there's been like sporting events each show is done remarkably better in the ratings whenever there's one show. So I think it's just going to help out both shows. Yeah. So. There's no shit. People are going to watch AEW. Yeah. More people are going to watch. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. So like probably, I mean, in the past they've gotten 300,000 more. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be close, if not around a million, mm-hmm. even on a bad day. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like they had they had a bad night in the not a bad night. They lost for the for one of the first times in Yeah, but it's the, to be expected. History. It was again, yeah, again against a, a an NXT takeover, mm-hmm. the WrestleMania one at that. Yeah. But um yeah, and even then they still got just shy of 7,000. Yeah, if you they're not going to get all 7,000 or 700,000 people from um from NXT, but they might get half that. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. likely get half that, and then guess what? That's a mill. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, so next we had Christian Cage, a Christian Cage and Taz segment, which was kind of interesting. Christian's talking about how great his match felt last week, how hard it, how hard it was, and how good it felt to feel that struggle once again. Mm-hmm. Um, he really puts over ta- puts over Kaz, and. Kaz rhymes with Taz, and Taz interrupts him. And hey, Christian! <laughs> hey, Christian! I like you. We used to wrestle in WWE, and I'm like, ah, I don't know that you did. 
<laughs> maybe in like a like a multi-man tag match or something. Like, I can't. I'm pretty pretty sure you maybe comment commentated some of his matches, but yeah, uh, for sure he did that because yeah, Taz got buried pretty quickly once he came in. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, Man, I know. I was so excited about that. He was my favorite wrestler in ECW, so I was heartbroken to see that. Me too. Teenage Brad worshipped everything Taz did. No one was cool. That's, that's probably why I like Team Taz so much now. But it's just, Taz was the coolest guy ever. And then his debut at the Royal Rumble was amazing. And then the WWE was just like, nope, that was it. <laughs> yeah, so Taz tells me, he's like, hey man, we have a history. I know you're good. You know we're good. You know I make killers. I think you can be a killer. I think you'd be really great for our team. I've got all the hottest young guys. You're the hottest vet. Come join me. You don't have to tell me now. I'm going to bounce. Tell me next week. Um, I like that he just didn't wait for an answer. Well, you just tell me next week. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to put any pressure on you. You tell me next week. But I mean, there's pressure because what happened to the last guy who said no? That was mm-hmm. that was Darby. So yeah. obviously he's going to say no. And then we're going to get Christian versus Hook. Christian, we're gonna get a cage versus cage match. We're gonna well, get, we've all been, hopefully it's in a cage. Yeah, we're gonna get Christian versus Alton boys. And uh, this promo time, battle between Christian and Ricky Starks would be awesome, though. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing mm-hmm. match. They're actually quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, they're similar builds. They're similar style in that they have a little bit of flash, but it's, they're still very quite old school. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be good. They, there's a lot to do there, and there's more meat on that bone than there was a sting. Yeah, yeah. So a Christian versus Team Taz is a yeah has been really actually, excited. He can actually wrestle them, each mm-hmm. one of those guys. Um, yeah. Before he eventually gets to, I don't know, maybe maybe Cage and Cage team up together to face Team Taz. Who knows? Yes, yeah, there could be. Kate. <laughs> yeah, they better call themselves Rage in the Cage or something like that. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, that no, that should just be a match. Yeah, Rage in the Cage, Christian Cage versus Cage in a steel cage. <laughs> that's the most early night. That's the most mid nineties wrestling yeah. match I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's fantastic. This Sunday, 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 Cage versus Cage in the steel cage. What was a uh, Sting in the in the in the in the White Castle of Doom, yeah. in WCW. Yeah. Did you see that? Like, we normally don't talk about merch on here, but did you see that Sting shirt they were advertising last night? I might buy it. Yeah, that thing was cool. It's old Surfer Sting. It's only on sale till just buy, coming up Tuesday. So, with with that birthday money you sent me, mm-hmm. I might I might buy that shirt. <laughs> uh, Brad bought me or attempted to buy me. Tried to. I don't know a, how to order international wrestling I guess. shirt for my birthday <laughs> twice. And mm-hmm. both times he fucked it up, so he just yeah. sent me money. Yeah, I just sent him the money. I, I guess I don't know how to do international orders. Is it called, <laughs> considered an international United States Canada? I guess it's a different country. But Yeah, it was, it was good. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I kept messaging. I, I'd wait a month, and I'd message Brad and be like, so did that fuck up again? Yeah. And he looked at me like, oh, yeah, it's canceled again. Yeah, because whenever you messaged me this last time, I had ordered the uh, Box Omega shirt and after I had ordered it. The second time, and I'd gotten it. I was like, "You still have gotten the shirt?" <laughs> like, no, no, I don't, I don't. I don't want to be rude about it. I just want mm-hmm. to tell you that uh, your order didn't go through. Yeah, so then I just said, "Screw it," and I just pin palled you the money for the shirt, so you can get whatever shirt you want. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Jurassic Express versus Bear Country. 
You had some thoughts going into this one. Tell me. Yes. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen some. I'm sure some of our listeners have. Kaiju Big Battle, which is wrestling where they do like dress up like Godzilla and stuff and wrestle around and they put like fake buildings in the ring and stuff. And since this whole match was hyped up to be King Kong versus Godzilla sponsored by the movie, I've wanted them and half expected them to be like buildings and stuff in the ring. And then it was just a regular wrestling match. So it was a little disappointment to me. But that's my own fault because I hyped it up in my head. I was like, oh, they might do a kaiju big battle type match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that maybe cool legally game. they can't do that. that maybe kaiju cool. big battle would sue them. <laughs> uh, maybe. You can't really, uh, you can't, you can't uh, trademark actual matches. That's just true. the names. That's true. Yeah. That's why everyone does war games. <laughs> that's true. And they all name it something different. Okay. So. Yeah, I had really high hopes for this match. Um, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of both of these teams. Yeah, it's so am I. I've been hyping up Bear Country since even before they had a match in mm-hmm. AEW. Yeah, you're um, the one that turned me on to them. Yeah, they're fun. I enjoy all these teams. And this match was a disappointment for me. I did mm-hmm. not enjoy it. It seemed sloppy, sluggish, mistimed. There were multiple botches in this one. It seemed just like the the moment got away from them, mm-hmm. and I've seen I've seen these two teams face each other on dark. I think it was um, Bear Country's first match they faced uh, Jurassic Express, and it was it was a short match. It was awesome. They were dropping each other on their head. Yeah, that match was cool. After that, that match that was a little rough too. Like I don't know that they meant to drop each other on their head in the ways that they did. It was rough but... in a cool way. Yeah, it was it was a cool way. It was like a it was like a Kota Ibushi versus uh, Naito. Naito, way, yeah. Where you're like, you know, ooh, <laughs> the lot of like a lot of these matches when we talk about it, a lot of stuff is mistimed, and it, they're still in Daly's place in Florida, and it's starting to warm up. Do you think? Because remember last summer they'd have these problems too with everyone getting like too hot and stuff. Yeah, no, that that could be it. And also, we we got to remember Bear Country. This I think is only their second televised match. Yeah, because they yeah, had that match where they chucked Marco. That was <laughs> they almost killed him. Thank God for the butcher standing there. Yeah, it just like I've seen I've seen these two teams have a better match together. Mm-hmm. And it was a shorter match. This one, yeah, they just they missed their spots. This match was very much about the spots. Mm-hmm. And they kind of flubbed two and a half of them. So it was just sort of like, ooh, ah. And it's like, oh, I don't like I wish this was better. <laughs> yeah, the, like the one that it, sticks out to me that they missed was uh jungle boy going for his 720 ddt where he sits on the ropes and then bounces around a ddt which i've seen him do a million times and he's always crisp but he just kind of seemed to not get it yeah. all the way to he didn't get it he, <laughs> he slipped off the guy there is the other one where um he caught jungle boy and then oh yeah luchasaurus jumped off the rope and he's supposed to catch luchasaurus and i've seen uh bear bronson I think it's Brad Bronson or it's a Brad Bull. Anyways, the bigger one. Um, I've seen him do this to them specifically already, mm-hmm. where he catches the guy and then he does the uh, over the over the head slam to both of them. I've seen, he does it in every match, like he. Mm-hmm. Nailed, but uh, Luchasaurus just bounced right off of them, and they're just like, "Oh my god, he is he's so big that Luchasaurus just bounced off him." Yeah. Like the the announcers tried to. Cover it up for it, and I like the same people covered it up. That. Yeah, they're good at that. The announcers are good at doing that, but I notice it because I've watched them countless times. I now. thought 
Yeah, I could tell what they were trying to do because the well, I forget which bear it was, but you could see him brace his arms to get ready to catch him. Mm-hmm. But then I thought Luchasaurus hurt himself because he went after he bounced off him. He went right out of the ring. I was like, oh, did he hurt himself? On that? He might have, and he also might have just been like, fuck. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure that's what it was. He was just pissed off. But, like it's just it just wasn't a clean match. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Fortunately, I gotta give this one two and a half. That's probably that's one of my lowest scores of the year. I was gonna say, I think that's the might be the lowest score I've seen you give something on here. I'm pretty generous. Mm-hmm. So am I. That's why, like, when people ask me about movies and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too harsh of a critic. I tend to like a lot of stuff. So, but yeah, this yeah this I was pretty hyped up for this one, like you, and it was a little bit of a a, a letdown. Uh, hopefully, like a few months from now, they can revisit this and work out some of the kinks and stuff. Yeah, this is the, I'm still, I'm still a fan of these guys. Mm-hmm. And Me too. I just, yeah. Again, kind of cold. Like there wasn't much of a, wasn't that much of a story. It would have been better as the first match. Cause people would get more hyped for it. You start the match with the, with Tarzan boy mm-hmm. on the, with the music, this would have been a better match to start the show. It wasn't a great match, but neither was the match that started the show anyways. So yeah. I think you could probably could have switched the two. They would have been better. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, because I don't want to hammer them too much for this, because I do yeah. like both teams, and Me I think too. they're all going to be stars in this company. Yeah. Moving I like this next promo that that's coming up. Is, this was really good. This was yeah. QT Marshall's promo, and he needed to nail this. Because mm-hmm. last week, I loved his seg- their segment last week i thought it was awesome but the criticism is there that like who the fuck cares about qt marshall and mm-hmm. who the fuck are these guys like we've never seen them again they've been on dark they need to do a better like that is a risk bringing these guys from dark and cold and they did it what three times on this mm-hmm. show they did it with jd drake they did it with um qt marshall's boys Again, I think they're a little more successful with this one, and they did it with Bear Country. Yeah, they're all fairly cold mm-hmm. in terms of they haven't the dynamite crowd doesn't really know who they are, so they need yeah. to give them a little bit more of give them a run in the week before, like have them throw some hands, mm-hmm. like get people excited. Anyways, this was awesome. Um, Cutie nailed this. Um, the mantra the mantra shouldn't be do the work but do it for me that's essentially what this was about like mm-hmm. qt's been doing the work he's been doing it all for Co- for cody um this was what the, the promo was all about that um qt has only ever done all his work for cody what are qt's credentials let's talk about cody's credentials Cody played the second fiddle to Ted Jr. He had to hide behind face paint um, even though he was Dusty's kid because mm-hmm. he knew that he wouldn't amount to shit which was ballsy thing to say. Eventually yeah. eventually, Cody put himself on the indies where he could be the big fish in the little pond. He said some other words. I'm going to say it this way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they let him say that on TV but you know, he's like, a heel, Oh so. shit. Like, QT really went for it. He's really yeah. the heel. He he healed it up. Which he healed it up. I there. actually haven't seen anyone saying anything on online about it, so maybe people get I'm it. Fine he's being it. The heel. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like uh people wouldn't say shit if if MJF said it. 
Yeah, Don't yeah. Say I'm not when QT says it. I'm not going to repeat it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to repeat it. It was good. It was <laughs> it was out there like it was uh, it was shocking. But yeah, essentially, uh, he made himself the big fish in the little pond because yeah, just to make himself feel important, which is true. He did do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he said QT's said QT surrounding himself with with some hungry men who have been relegated to the shadows men who trust him because unlike bargain basement sting qt's not worried about <laughs> other people's success and that bargain basement sting line was killer mm-hmm. if people don't get that that's from when sting had the short had the buzz cut with the mm-hmm. dyed blonde hair surfer sting so that's a yeah that's a cut at cody and he says aaron solo will never be known as just somebody's boyfriend Nick Camarado will never be known as just a body guy. And then he cuts to Anthony Agogo, and Anthony Agogo starts cutting a promo. Yeah. Um, the spotlight goes right to him, and he says that he's a, household, he's a household name in the UK. He's a star. The British people love him. He does commercials for business and knocks people out for pleasure. But this isn't Britain. This is America. And, we're, and Americans are going to learn the hard way what he's all about and this yeah, is called awesome us, called us yanks you yanks are gonna learn yeah, he said i can't do a british accent it's like <laughs> he's like this isn't britain this is shitty america <laughs> um yeah that popped my t- wife she started laughing really hard whenever he said this is shitty america <laughs> he he's gonna be the star of this group it's not gonna oh be yeah QT. it's gonna be him and they know that that's yeah i was gonna say you can this way. tell they they see big plans for him because he got he had cutaways and like like slow-mo punching at the camera and stuff. And yeah, they, they definitely see something in him. He was their first signee. Wasn't he like to train? They signed him before dynamite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, he was, he was their very first trainee before they had all the, all these training facilities set up. I mean, I guess, um, QT's training facility already did, did already exist at that time, but, he was the first, like he was signed to AEW before they ever started training him. Mm-hmm. So they obviously saw a lot in him. So that's really cool. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, QT yeah. says that he's like, "This is my fucking factory." And then Colorado turns around, throws some paint on the logo, and it's revealed after the show with their first ever shirt that they are called the Factory. Yeah. Which I like it because it's like the WCW factory. Yeah. Power plant. Wasn't that what it's called? The power plant or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, <laughs> it reminds me of that. And Nick Camarado looks like he came from there. So Yeah. <laughs> he looks, yeah. He did looks like a power plant guy. I really like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I like yeah, it too because it, it was the nightmare factory is what it's, the school's called, right? So it's like mm-hmm. a big F you to Cody. Like, yeah. No, we're the factory. Yeah. They cut him out. He's not part <laughs> of it anymore. Um, I thought this was great. I thought it focused on Cody holding them down and keeping them marginalized. And honestly, that makes sense. That's what you want. It makes sense that these guys would want to rise up against him. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's realistic. I like that. Whereas some, some factions, uh, start, you're just like, Hey, we're just badasses. Okay, fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. This is like, Oh, okay. No, you are a bunch of guys who've been, held down under the thumb of Cody. You've been pushed to dark. You've never gotten any time on dynamite. You've been, 
you've been brought in as the nightmare family as part of cody's group just to sort of boost his numbers and like escort him down to the ring but you don't get any matches screw Mm -hmm. that look how cool i am i surround myself with these guys and we didn't talk about it you need to if you haven't seen it find cody's promo for his match this friday fuck that's like one of the best promos ever (laughs) Yeah. yeah cody fucking cracked off a promo of the year candidate on a For random a show. U- on a random YouTube. I don't think it's YouTube. Video. I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, yeah. I saw it on Twitter, but it was it was a YouTube video mm-hmm. for um, just promoting the house show that they have tomorrow. I think mm-hmm. um, today yeah, when this goes up, but and it is amazing. Holy mm-hmm. fucking shit! Just watch it. I can't. I I won't do it justice. But he just lights up QT and he lights up Aaron Solo who he's going to be facing at this event and he acknowledges every little criticism that people say about him mm-hmm. and does it in a way that it's like if you're not the heel at the end of this feud I don't know what we're fucking doing yeah <laughs> it's like I, I say on here all the time Cody is the heel he just doesn't realize it yet but like the whole promo is about his about being self-aware and he's like yeah i am self-aware i know what people are saying about Mm -hmm. me i know they hate me because of this i know they hate me because of this he goes down all the lists he's like i'm gonna keep doing it because i can Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're gonna keep watching he's like and you're gonna keep watching and you're gonna keep paying my bills and i was like Mm -hmm. "Ooh, yeah okay yeah that's Mm -hmm. such a heel thing to say (laughs) he's like fuck you cody (laughs) but i was like oh my god i watched it like three times i was like holy shit this is incredible it's like how did you just for a house show Mm -hmm. like this is the this episode could have used that yeah they should have showed it this episode 1000% could have used that promo. It should have been here. It needed more. The promos on this episode were very good, but it needed mm-hmm. more. Yeah, they should have showed the Cody promo and then cut to the QT promo. Like that's that, that's mm-hmm. what I would have done. For sure. Instead, they cut to the Sting and Archer promo. Oh, this was so weird. <laughs> we just said all oh, the promos are good, but this one was weird. This is fu- This one was bizarre. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the worst one they've done, but it was the most bizarre one they've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so once again, Sting comes out, and but, once again, oh, he. Oh, oh, you can go ahead. Sorry. Once again, he's interrupted by Jake and Archer. Jake comes out. He goes, "No, Sting." He's like, <laughs> "What we're gonna do here?" is you're not going to get to say anything and we're going to talk over you like we always do. And I was like, okay, fine. And then Archer comes out. I was like, okay, well, at least they're, they're acknowledging that they have a formula here. Yeah. And, then, and then Archer comes out. He says, no, what we're, he's like, what we're going to do. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to take your time because I've been in the main event. I've fought all the top guys. They brought me in to be a big deal. I have my big match, and then they tuck me away. And then I have a big match, and then they tuck me away. And then I, he's like, I keep putting over all these stars in the main events, and then they tuck me away. He's like, this is going to change. My time is due. And then Sting grabs the mic. He says, I agree with you. He's like, you are a big deal. They do use you, and they tuck you away. And I don't know why that is. And he looks at Jake, and he's like, 
do your fucking job, Jake. Yeah. He's like, teach him. <laughs> Which I thought was amazing. Yeah, like, I like that part did, of the promo. But he didn't really he didn't really say he d- didn't have a lot of animosity towards Jake, but I thought I was like, Jake, he's calling you out. Mm-hmm. He's like, Jake, teach him. This guy has all the tools. Why do they keep putting him away? Teach him to be the badass that you were. He's like, you mm-hmm. have everything. You are a main event guy. You are a star. And then he just leaves. And yeah. and Archer's standing there, giddy like a schoolgirl, blushing. And uh, Tony's is like, hey, uh, what do you think about that? And he's just like, ooh, I was so excited. And yeah. he just runs into the back. And like, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. It what was, Sting said was cool, but it was like, yeah, I like what Sting said doing this. Yeah, they. I liked. Was it last week or the week before when Archer was like in that busted up warehouse doing his promo? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah. They need to do more stuff like that. Yeah, if it's they're just, gonna, I don't know. the 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 Sting comes out and doesn't say anything. Is like they obviously know it's weird because they acknowledged it. So mm-hmm. Stop doing it. Like you don't have to acknowledge that it's weird. Just don't do it. Yeah, and I'm almost getting to the point because we we kind of talked about it with Team Test too. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to have him do anything, you really don't need to have him on every week. No, you don't. That's like I know he's Sting and he's a legend, and just have him do commentary or something if you want him out on TV or something. And yeah, and speaking of not having Team Taz on every week, here's another Team Taz promo. Uh, I like <laughs> this though. I like what they're doing. I, yeah, no, I good. as much as I don't want him to break up team tads ricky starks is cracking me up every week now with his just overly nice cheesing ass smile it's hilarious oh it's good it's funny <laughs> it is uh i would just want him in a fucking match yeah yeah about that but no yeah it's good so it's a team Taz promo they're in the same little lobby that they were in before they're sitting around well they're not in chairs this time they're, they're standing but ricky interrupts taz before he can say anything and he's talking about how how great it was to get a W last night with Team Taz on Dark. But once again, he wants to hear what Cage... What what does Cage think? And then Taz interrupts this time. He says, Ricky, stop it. I know what you're doing. You're just instigating. Mm-hmm. You're just antagonizing Cage. Stop it. We need to be on our game. He's like, I don't want... I don't. He's just the parent. He's like, I don't want any arguments between you two. We're trying mm-hmm. to get Christian Cage to like us right now. We need to be on our game. Yeah, and don't make like, me turn this car around. Like, <laughs> like, okay, Dad. And then it just ends. It's mm-hmm. like, this is bizarre. It's it funny. It's it bizarre. Yeah, it's, it, it's really funny. Ricky Stark is like making these promos. But yeah, they need to... Because uh, I know they've been doing like, like tag teams and triple tag teams and stuff on Dark. They need to put some of those on Dynamite. So people could see how they act in those matches too. They watch Dynamite, not Dark. Yeah, they're they're doing the the story on on Dark again. People mm-hmm. aren't watching Dark. It is a tiny percentage of your fan base watching Dark. You don't. Do, mm, that would be a perfect match to put at the beginning of this show. Mm-hmm. To put a uh, uh, Starks and Cage against I don't know who cares Varsity Project <laughs> Varsity, yeah. Varsity Blondes yeah. Um, and just have them beat them easily and then have them kind of start to feud a little bit and then you can do your story and then do your promo later. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyways. 
yeah, those, yeah. Those, that absolutely yeah, has agree. to be on TV. Because yeah. as far as anyone's concerned, it's just the younger brother bickering with the older brother and then the mm-hmm. dad telling them to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Hook's, Hook's been looking amazing, too, in these promos. Yeah. He's just standing there the, looking like a badass. He looks good. There was no, The guns are out. Like it's uh yeah is good, um, yeah yeah him and Hobbs are just always in the back just looking cool as hell just standing there. <laughs> yeah, so next we had Darby versus JD Drake, and uh, well, what were you, what were your expectations for this one? Uh, I thought it'd be a fun match. I like both these guys in ring work. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both good in the ring. Uh, it's a little weird that it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. I know they're trying to do where Darby's like the fighting champ again, like how Cody was, mm-hmm. but it did it did feel like there was no build or anything to this, mm-hmm. or like they didn't have show any of those promos that were on YouTube or anything. Yeah, that is that was the biggest missed opportunity. So these both of these guys, Darby cut his best promo, and JD Drake cut his only promo. Mm-hmm. on youtube on the road to they were amazing this is the promo that gets you hired like it was it was fiery it was talking about how he he was almost going to retire but his kids told him that it was one of the stories like the kids told him that no dad we don't want you to quit we want you to keep trying so at 37 38 years old that's why he's still doing this that's why he's got gray hair because he can't quit on his family, he's got to, he's got to mm-hmm. continue to put, uh, put food on the table. And and Darby said that he's essentially he gave him this match because he knows who JD Drake is. He knows JD Drake's a badass. He wants to face the hardest men. Um, he knows that J- JD Drake's not a nobody, and he doesn't want to fight nobodies. And like it was good. Like it was, it was like okay, this is. This is awesome. They're they got to put this on AEW, right? Like on on Dynamite, right? They got to get us pumped up for this match. Nope. Yeah. It's JD Drake in the middle of the ring. Uh, people don't know who he is, guys. Come on. Mm-hmm. Looks like uh, it looks like a uh, Darby is facing some nobody. This mm-hmm. guy isn't a nobody. He's a seventeen year vet. Play that up. Yeah. It's it's crazy, and the match was good. So it's like this really this isn't fair to Drake because it was a very good match, but like he's a he's a very plodding wrestler. So if you don't know who he is already, and then you watch him slowly plod around the ring, you're sort of like, ugh. Like it's not like he's Eddie Kingston who comes out there and says he's gonna fucking rip off Arn Anderson's nose before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before he gets in there with Cody and then power bombs him on some tacks. Yeah. <laughs> But like the match is great, he's methodically just stalking Darby around the mm-hmm. ring, chops lariats, just chucking him this way and that. It looks like Drake is a bully, just beating up his little brother. Um, he hits him with a like a huge like diving knees off the top rope. Hits him with a he does this really cool slingshot lariat when he's on the outside of the ring. He throws oh them up God, against the ropes. I love that move so much. They rebound back and he hits him with an elbow. It looks so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Hits him with a yeah. Vader bomb, massive cannonball in the corner. And this is just all the offense is JD Drake and it gets him overconfident. And then he just has a couple mishaps on the top rope. 
And that's all she wrote. Mm-hmm. Darby hits an avalanche code red and a coffin drop. That's it. He hit two moves. <laughs> he hit two moves and a tope at the beginning. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was all the offense Darby got. Um, yeah, and it was just it was just unfortunate that they they didn't do JD Drake the service of giving him his promo. And then I forgot. There's also they they also weirdly overbooked this match because they had like. They had weird interference and post-match stuff because for some yeah, like bizarre... Sting showed up at some point. And... Yeah, Sting came out with Darby, and for some reason, uh, J.D. Drake, the blue-collar badass, is in a little group or stable with Ryan Nemeth, Peter Avalon, and Cesar Bononi, which those three guys suit each other. J.D. Drake does not. Mm-hmm. For the company that's being wrongly in my opinion lambasted for their abundance of stables you don't gotta put jd drake in the stable come on guys Give yeah break. this is yeah. silly just let him be the let him be the badass loner he'll be fine mm-hmm. um especially because we just saw that he can talk if you would have shown people the promo yeah um, yeah so sting was out there and he chased off nemeth with a bat and apparently along the way he he hit cesar benoni but they didn't show us that. So Cesar Bernoulli was just sitting down on his butt at ringside against the barricade <laughs> the whole match, with the exception of one point where he stood up to take a dive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then after the match, uh, Darby's walking up the ramp and he gets assaulted by Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy and the HFO, which is the Hardy Family Organization. That's officially the name now. Okay. He gets I was assaulted. hoping they'd have a different name every week. Yeah, they get assaulted by that group. The bunny Butcher r- the takes bunny... out Darby. It was nuts how hard he hit Darby out. <laughs> yeah, he hit him real hard. <laughs> then the bunny runs over to the announce table, tells them to clear off the announce table so that I guess so that they can put Darby through it. Then out comes Sting again with all of the Dark Order. They chase off Hardy Hardy family organization or whatever and <laughs> like is weird and then take Conti attacks the bunny and they're brawling it just looked like a benny hill sketch yeah <laughs> yeah it was like while the bunny was arguing with tony shivani and them to clear off the table she didn't realize that the rest of the group had gotten chased off by dark order and sting and then when she turned around ty conti just attacked her yeah it was it was overbooked it was weird it didn't need to be there it was unnecessary mm-hmm. um it didn't add anything to the to the match um and then they're like oh and we're gonna have the uh take haunty versus the bunny match starting and then it just cuts to a promo of kenny and the bucks or <laughs> <laughs> not a promo to a hype pack just like what what are you yeah. doing <laughs> it's like yeah. this, this doesn't make guys either the commentary has to not say that or i don't know it was very strange and then we didn't even get them after that after that weird hype package yeah then we got the pinnacle assaulting chris jericho and this again very strange very unnecessary so they're assaulting chris jericho backstage they bring him out to the ring jr immediately he's asking where's the inner circle they pick him up. They pick up Chris Jericho. They spike pile drive him, and then 
it shows a video of Marvez running to the inner circle locker room and it's locked and they're trying to get out. They're trying to smash their way out. And I'm sitting here thinking, motherfucker, these doors lock from the inside. <laughs> but they, they said they screwed it shut or something, right? Did they make note of that? That it was like, I don't know. I was just like, this is so stupid. Just <laughs> put like a metal broom there or something to block mm-hmm. it or anything. <laughs> it's just like just click unlock the door i don't know <laughs> this is ridiculous um yeah so they're they're about to put chris jericho through a table now and mike tyson comes out with music he's got a he's got a video package which is odd so, but anyways <laughs> he comes out and he hops in the ring and i guess they think he's about to attack chris jericho but he doesn't attack chris jericho he attacks sean spears and hits him with some not the greatest punches I've seen in my life, but that's better than he his first appearance in AEW. Mm-hmm. This time he actually got his shirt ripped off. Um, yeah, so he beats down Sean Spears. Then the inner circle runs out, and then they linger on these guys celebrating in the ring for what felt like an hour. Yeah, that that <laughs> took a long time. I was like. like so you guys missed time the fuck out of this segment. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson <laughs> awkwardly holding on to Jericho and uh, was it Santana? Yeah. Like, told, <laughs> I don't want to I never want to see a moment where they give Mike Tyson enough time to start doing that weird flex that he does <laughs> where he just looks like your your grandfather flexing out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He had some spit on his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man. <laughs> it it got real real weird and awkward. It didn't make any sense. I don't know why he's there. Like he's there literally because Tony Khan called or Tony Khan said he talked to him and Tyson said, Hey, I'd like to come back. He said, How about this Wednesday? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shoehorn. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on guys. And like how did you man you shoehorned him in and yet you had so much room for these guys to just aimlessly high five each other in the ring for the longest time yeah that could have been one of those video promos we were talking about that time they used up there yeah so so strange mm-hmm. um okay so then we have Britt baker promo this is good this is yeah. funny this is I Britt, like this one this is Britt baker doing her thing she says that AEW should give people what they want, and that's a championship match for Britt Baker. Yes, no shit. She says that the ranking system is bullshit. It should not be based off of wins. It should be based off of star power, t-shirt sales, and TV demographic ratings. And she's at the top of all three of those sections. That is true, and that's funny, because that's that's sort of the argument that people are using against AEW. Just like, no, it's a star-driven organization. Their wins and losses, their rankings are shit. It doesn't make sense. Boo. <laughs> and then she's trumpeting all that stuff, which is, I enjoy that. She said that it's not her fault that she was stunk in a, stuck in a month-long feud with Rosa to put respect on the, on the women's division in AEW, a match that didn't even count in the rankings. But now that that distraction is out of the way, she's ready to climb up and boost her rankings easily on Dynamite, Dark, and Elevation. And I like that. It's cool. Yeah, I like that they're using her to promote uh, Dark and Elevation because she's 
she's one of their top stars, which has been proven in the ratings and stuff. So time and time again. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's good that they're using her to promote those. So this is a good promo. Yeah. She's been killing good. it lately on her promos. So, she's awesome. And she's got another new shirt if you're interested. Yeah, it, it's a good shirt. <laughs> it says DMD, but in the way that they do AEW. Yeah. It's good. Then um and now we have Bunny versus Take Conti. Mm-hmm. And uh, what were your thoughts here? Um, I didn't have any really expectations going in because I haven't seen the Bunny wrestle too much. I've seen her do stuff in, when she was in Impact, but that was all like cinematic and comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen her wrestle too much. Uh, I figured this would just be a, a Take Conti, Ty Conti showcase. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty much it's, it was cool. It was it was overbooked. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Get uh, Conti on TV more, so that's always good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Overbooked, but I actually thought it was my favorite match of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overbooked, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite worked match of the show, and probably my favorite paced match of the show. Mm-hmm. And it had a little bit of a build, which was nice from the week before. It made a little. It made some sense. Yeah. So, yeah, this match was good. I thought it was probably the best match of the night. Again, like you said... Largely a vessel to help propel Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Um, although I felt that the bunny didn't drag the match down by any stretch. I thought that she held her own. And I thought she had a really nice segment outside the ring where she hit a vertical suplex on the floor and followed it up with a fantastic shotgun dropkick, yeah. sending Taekwondo into the, into the barricade. I was like, oh shit, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was awesome. And then it cut to commercial, but when I was watching the Fight TV feed, um, the bunny still kept up the offense. She looked good. She got a really clean-looking submission that I haven't seen before. It was, it was like, a, I don't know what you call it, but she like used the other person's arm as a choking, in, as like the bulldog choke for a, uh, for a camel clutch. Mm-hmm. So, like, so it was like she was choking the person with their own arm in a camel clutch, and it looked really cool. Um, she was kind of tapping into a little bit of what Britt Baker does, where it's just like super mean girl. Mm-hmm. Like all her moves are just really mean, really cruel. Like knees to the head while they're down, stalking around the ring laughing. Like it was, it was good stuff. And then, of course, as soon as it cuts back from commercial, Tay Conti fires up. She starts hitting, hitting the bunny with her with her judo throws. Hits her with the bicycle knees. Um, Conti was it? Yeah, she she got her judo throws, the bicycle knees. She hit the tie KO. And then after some interference from from Matt Hardy, Conti was able to hit the DDT for the win, she, or DD tie. Um, Sheeta did get involved. Because uh, kendo stick got thrown into into the yeah. Bunny. Why was Hikaru Shida out there? I don't. She's just their mutual respect for oh, okay. Ty Conti cheering her. They tagged together. Oh yeah, they've on been the previous week. So That's they have. Right. There's a mutual respect there. Thing That's there. right. And Ty's number one in the ranking, so it's like she knows face. that she's going to be facing her, and she mm-hmm. wants to face her. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go out there and make sure that uh, she gets this win. Mm-hmm. So she prevented Allie from hitting her with the kendo stick. Um, yeah, I thought thought it was good. It was overbooked. 
I mm-hmm. I don't need any more matches where there's 30 guys at ringside that three quarters of the way through the match have some wild brawl and then someone does a dive onto them. Like I, yeah. I don't I don't need that in every match. I especially don't need it in the one women's match you have per show. Mm-hmm. Just let them do their thing. Maybe have Sheeta out there because that advances their story. But Matt Hardy's not advancing anybody's story out there. So just, yeah. just cool it with that shit. But the match itself, four stars. Quite liked it. I thought it was the best worked and best paced match of the show. By yeah, I long, liked it. By a long it was, shot. Mm-hmm. It was overbooked, like we said, but it was fun. And mm-hmm. I like uh, Tay Ty. I can never remember which one it is. <laughs> Tay it, is Tay. it is Ty. It is Ty. I know that because I want to call her Tay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like her a lot, and she's like got to be one of AEW's biggest success stories because she was getting better when she was in NXT, but since she's come to AEW, she's just like fully blossomed into like, yeah, this like amazing performer. She's so good. Yeah, I only watched her once in NXT. I was like, that's boring. (laughs) (laughs) They had had her wearing a gi in the match. Yeah, she came out in a gi. Like, she was in the, what was it, the Mae Young Classics. The first one she was in, she could tell she was like super new. The second one, she... She started to get a little better. And then right before she left WWE, they stopped having to wear the gi and stuff. So mm-hmm. she's getting better. And then, but like, since she's come to AEW, she's just. Well, one just, thing, I will cut them a little bit of slack with her having her wear the gi because she did reveal that she only recently got comfortable wearing wrestling gear. Hmm. Like she's been uncomfortable having people stare at her body on TV Mm-hmm. in wrestling gear so she said that she only got out of that mindset in AEW so I'll cut her okay. I'll cut them some slack there with the gee stuff so that was a comfort level thing for her I think yeah that makes sense but how they were using her certainly wasn't yeah <laughs> okay so now I imagine an incredibly divisive match and post match in our main event which should have been incredible I'll yeah, I was let so you hyped for this. What your, thought, what your thoughts so were going in. Hyped for this. I thought this was gonna be so much fun. I thought this was gonna be just one of those classic Moxley wild brawls. Everyone's all over the place the whole match, and I was actually pretty disappointed in this match and the aftermath. I didn't really like the after stuff. I didn't like a lot of this, and it, yeah. it sucks because I love everyone involved. Like everyone's tops for me, and it just. They're they're trying to get too melodramatic for me, which yeah. you you can make it work. Like I see in the notes, you mentioned the Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks. That match was melodramatic as hell, and that match ruled. Mm-hmm. But this, it's like they're going to the well too much, and like I don't know, just a lot of it didn't make sense to me, and it just yeah, I didn't. I was highly let down from this match. Yeah, I uh, like it's it's sort of like the Young Bucks and. Kenny to an extent as well, because they often do it with him. Um, the elite in general, they kind of they get a particular type of storytelling that they like or a particular match that went well, and then they do it five times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they did they did the they did the Golden Lovers match where Kenny he didn't want to hit Matt with the with the 
with the one-winged yeah. angel, but Matt was yelling, do it, do mm-hmm. it, while he was on his shoulders, and he was crying, and they were crying, and everyone was crying, and then he hit it, and then they hugged afterwards. It was like, okay, that's over the top and melodramatic. It, well, it, it worked really unique. well when they did it then. <laughs> but it was unique at that time. Mm-hmm. They yeah. hadn't done that before. And then they did it again with Hangman. And I think I was going to say, they just did it a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Then they did it again with Hangman um, a year after they had previously done it. And it was mm-hmm. probably better. And also in front of a different audience. So mm-hmm. it worked a bit better. Now that they're doing it a third time, this time in a six man with Moxley, and they've done like eight million six man tags in a row for main events, and I think they're kind of oversaturating the six man for the main event stuff. Got to cool mm-hmm. it with that because each time you do it, you're comparing it to the week before, and if yeah. it doesn't live up to what it was the week before, or it's like, oh, was this would this match have been better with Pentagon and Phoenix in it? I don't. It's like. I think this one would have been better if they just did like this, just a wild ass brawl full of weapons and stuff. And then you could have Matt like, Oh, I don't want to hit him with a chair. Like I'm mad at him, but mm-hmm. not that mad at him. Yeah. This match was weirdly paced. It was weirdly mm-hmm. devoid of life. Um, I thought it was, you know what I was thinking uh, while I was watching this match? Mm-hmm. I hate this is I, I want Kenny to move on from all this and start wrestling singles matches with other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like this is overthought undercooked. I would mm-hmm. again, like I want Kenny to go. He's been doing the same thing every week. I want him to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. It's funny. Like, yeah, this match, it just didn't work. It didn't gel. And I could tell that, the young bucks seemed to be pulling their punches when they were in the ring with Kenny mm-hmm. and it made the match weird. Like it made the pacing weird. And that was accentuated when Moxley or the good brothers would get into the match and be like, Oh no, here it is. Here's a regular mm-hmm. match. Yeah. And then they would get back in with the bucks and Kenny again and be like, Oh, this is weird. Why are they just doing hip tosses and like back body drops? It's like they, it was boring. It was really boring. And then it really came unglued, as we talked about. Matt Jackson's in the ring with Kenny, and he's refusing to hit his big moves. He's, he won't. He has him lined up for the super kick, and for some reason, Kenny's out on his feet, even though two weeks ago he went through a barbed wire death match. Yeah. But now he's out on his feet. He can't stand. He, he's giving Matt Jackson all the time in the world to hit the super kick. He freezes. Um, he's overacting like it's a high school drama play that they're putting on. It's like it's like after school special shit. So ham fisted. This allows Kenny to get a few more moves in before Matt hits him with a pile driver. Jackson once again, or Matt Jackson once again, spends way too long checking on Kenny, making yeah. sure he's okay, pretending that he's so hurt that he hurt his friend. Just like oh. You just hit him with a yeah. pile driver, man. Like legit one of the worst moves <laughs> in wrestling. Like that's paralyzed people. It's like, and now you feel bad. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we get this. We've seen you do this in two other matches. Mm-hmm. We've seen you do this whole act. So you doing it again 
but even more ham-fisted is making it even worse. It's just like, no, we've seen you. You've seen this from you before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the end, they're going to, they have Kenny set up for the BTE trigger and they do this like three or four, five times where they do the one, two, three, and they're like, oh, we can't do it. Yeah. Do our best friend. And then yeah. Moxley's like the audience surrogate. He's freaking out on the apron. He's like, fuck you. Let me in. Well, you can hear the crowd booing too. Yeah. Like, loudly like, when they wouldn't hit him with the BTE trigger. Like you can he, start hearing the he, crowd just booing. He tags himself in, hits Kenny with two brutal uh, paradigm shifts. He puts him in the bulldog choke. He's choking him out in front of the Bucks. And the Bucks super kick him. But at this point, because of how over the top they've been, I saw this coming a fucking mile away. I like this first super kick because it's like, okay, we hate Kenny, but you're getting in our way, so we're going to super kick you too. I like this little section. We disagree on that. I oh, like yeah. that. We can talk about this. I uh-huh. like. I liked the post match. I didn't like the end. Yeah, I, I like this part because it's just because after Mox hit the two paradigm shifts, he gets up and he shoulder bumps Matt and Nick, and he's like, "Come on, do something." And it's like, I like that because then they're like, "All right, well, fuck you too," and they super kick him. I don't like that they immediately. Well, we haven't finished the match yet, so I won't. <laughs> yeah. So they super kick Moxley, and out comes, uh, out running comes. Well, running. Hobbling comes Kingston to the ring. Then he gets beaten down by the Good Brothers. Hits gets hit with a magic killer, and then Kenny gets dragged over top of Moxley for the one, two, three. And they're standing in the ring. The Bucks look conflicted, and the Good Brothers are telling Kenny, "No, we trust the Bucks. We trust the Bucks." They pick up Moxley. They say, "Super kick him. Super kick this man." And they're like, "Ah, I don't know." And then just like. All right, fine. And they super mm-hmm. kick him. And I actually liked this. That See, this I, part I, I liked. I didn't like it. I was like, this I I would have liked it better if like they just super kicked Mox because as much as I'm talking about how they need to move on, but <laughs> from from the story, it would have made more sense to me if like another week or so then they turned on Mox. Because it just seemed too sudden. Because like, oh, we we hate Kenny, but we don't want to do our finishers on him. Even though they hit him with the more bang for your buck, which is one of their finishers. Mm-hmm. They hit Kenny. They were okay with hitting him with that, but they didn't want to do the BT. Well, trigger. also like, like, oh, I can't hit him with a super kick, but instead I'm gonna pile drive him. Yeah, I'll pile what? drive you. A move that's legit paralyzed people <laughs> when it's been done. Did not make sense. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah, make this... sense. None of that stuff between Matt and Kenny made any sense. But I did like the end because them super kicking Mox is just like that's old bucks. Like mm-hmm. they always, that's how they betray people. They super kick people in these moments. I just thought that, and then they do the big hug at the end. And despite all of this, I'm like, okay, now I'm really excited. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, it hasn't, it doesn't have me that. I was actually more excited when it was, uh, like Kenny's promo two weeks ago, three, when he's like, I chose you guys and you didn't chose me. Like he's like a jilted yeah. lover. Yeah. I, I really wanted them to keep that angle going. And like, it was just making Kenny unhinged and he was just running out and beating people up. That's what I liked. But now it's like, they got all the power again. And it, I don't know. It's, like, it's cause they did the, remember they sold the two sweet shirt like yeah. a month and a half ago and then they broke up and now they're back together. It's just, it's too flip floppy for me. I, this is a, I don't like that they did the flip floppy. 
I thought they just should have been the heels and stuck with that, and it would have been good. If they would have done that, it would have been great then. Yeah, I thought that this in-between stuff with with, uh, Mox and everything, and you never know, maybe this was part of their way of filling time. Because maybe Moxley wasn't supposed to be around at this time, and they were I don't think he was. I think he was supposed to be written off, but the dud of an explosion has kept so him on TV longer. You never know. Maybe that's why they ended up going this route. But mm-hmm. yeah, this. Uh, I like the destination that they've that they've gone to because I really like shitty, shitty heel butts. Oh, they're with, amazing when they're shitty, with, shitty heels. With, uh, and I'm intrigued to see shitty Kenny with them. Just, just those three. I'm okay to see them turn on maybe the Good Brothers at some point, or maybe mm-hmm. this is now maybe now they go that Bullet Club route. I don't know where they do the stuff with Japan. Yeah, um, maybe I I I will be excited if it does lead to a tag team title match between the Bucks and Moxley and Kingston in like a hardcore oh, type. That's match. coming. That's because coming for sure. If, One thousand percent. If you don't think the Bucks can do hardcore stuff, go to PWG and watch all the Guerrilla Warfare matches. They can throw down, like, there's one where it's them versus uh, Kevin Steen and uh, Super Dragon. And all four of those guys just beat the shit out of each other the whole match. It's awesome. And I can see that kind of playing out the same way between the Bucks and Kingston and Moxley. But, yeah, it's just, I guess it's mainly just the flip-floppy stuff. That I yeah, no, it's the flip-flopping. It's it's not awesome. And it is also hurt by the fact that they tried to turn them sort of heels already once before. Mm-hmm. It didn't work, so they backtracked it real quick. Yeah. This is when they were against FTR. Yeah. And now they're, now they're doing... Then they did it again, and they backtracked it, and now they're doing it again. It's like, no, just stick with it. It's good. Yeah, just stay heels. Like, and We want bring, heel bucks. I want yeah, heel bring bucks. Back, bring back all the spray paint and... I did like that. <laughs> it looked like Matt was crying towards the end. It was just like spray paint or the the uh, the spray tan yeah, down it, his face. It looked like he was crying. But, but even yeah, bring... Excalibur said, "Did I see a tear running mm-hmm. down Matt's face?" It's like, no, that was a spray tan. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter posted heat. like, "Wrestlers don't cry uh, tears; they cry spray tan." And it was a picture of Matt with the. <laughs> but yeah, if they if they bring back like like when they first were the elite and like you know they were the the money tights and they're just fucking dicks and telling people to suck it and you know what they haven't done in a uh, AEW and this just made me think of it maybe they can bring it back if they're actually going to be heels now the the back handspring things into the back rake i haven't seen them do that in so long yeah neither have i yeah I so maybe now that they're that shitty I heels i don't again. even know that they did that yeah they used to do it all the time but maybe now they can do like i don't know if they go back to those ways that i'll be okay with it well and AEW always uh, let me finish this real quick. Sorry. And they'll always, um, sometimes there'll be stories and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. And then the next week they totally explain it. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm on board. Well, yeah, the thing, the thing is that when they originally first turned heel in PWG, and this mm-hmm. is just overall in, um, the wrestling world in general in, on the Indies, they were white meat baby faces or white bread, baby faces, white meat doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> They the crowd turned on them because they were tired of them, mm-hmm. and they started booing them mercilessly. And they tried to take brutal beatings to get the crowd to cheer them again, and that didn't work. So eventually, they said "fuck you" and they leaned into it, and they start they started just repeatedly doing all the moves that the 
crowd was booing and mm-hmm. they started healing it up and then the crowd was just like there you go yeah like that's, that's what a, yeah we that's want. how the super kick party started and like the because yeah because right now they're getting destroyed online mm-hmm. like the bucks are getting destroyed online for this which is terrible but okay so lean into it mm-hmm. so lean hopefully into they will it. Do it. Just do exactly what you did then. The fans hated you at that point because they were sick of your babyface routine. They they're tar- starting to turn on them now. So go heal. Give them what mm-hmm. they want. Yeah. Like just do yeah. it. You've done it once before. Do it again. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's just this. The, like we talked about the melodrama mm. of this match, and then the flippy flops with them. Like you were saying, start to turn heel, and then they don't. It's just. Yeah. It's like okay, just stick with it this time, and I'll I'll come around. I think they will, because I think it was the uh, like, like we're heel. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> but now, now I think this is them officially like embracing that. I think that's what they're going with here. Um, there's nothing more heel than beating Pentagon and Phoenix in the championship match in the championship match next week. Mm-hmm. So if they go out there and they just heal it up and they beat the, ab- like the team that everyone wants to win the belts, that's a, yeah. heel. that's a fucking heel move. And if you, yeah. let's say they start taunting the fans, telling the fans to suck their junk, telling the mm-hmm. fans, like a uh, perfect, do it, do that. Yeah. Tell off the fans, start flipping them off. Um, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a downer of a of an episode this week. Mm-hmm. However, look at this fucking stack. Yeah, next week card we have next know. week's card's crazy. Like this is Ooh, I, the when they first showed it. Week. I was like, this is maybe this is the card you guys should have put up against NXT. <laughs> here's the thing, I I almost don't mind. It's like okay, we knew we weren't going to win this one. Yeah, that's true too. Let's because I mean, next week they're unopposed. Let's NXT, make so. our first week unopposed the biggest we can do. Mm-hmm. So next, I, it's not the biggest they can do, but they've got two two championship matches. They have Dax Hardwood, Dax Harwood versus Chris Jericho in a all members are barred from ringside with Mike Tyson as the, the as the special enforcer. I believe. Yes, Cash Wheeler and Sammy Guevara are. They're the only to, people that are allowed out there. They're allowed to be at ringside, and mm-hmm. everyone else is banned. That's going to be awesome. I think that's going to be really good. Um, two yeah. old school guys. They know what they're going to do. Chris Jericho is not going to get blown up. Neither is Dax Harwood because they know how to pace themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that one. Then we finally have Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. That's going to fucking slap. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, then we have the in-ring debut with Anthony Agogo. They have him looking like a fucking star in this. Um, he looks mm-hmm. like The Rock. He looks. Like he does. The, he's the British Rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks amazing in this in this promo image. It's going to be awesome. He's going to just tear whoever he faces to shreds. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Then we have the Young Bucks versus Pack and Phoenix, and I think we're gonna see 
heel bucks. I fucking hope we see heel bucks. Me if too. we see baby face bucks go out there, because we know they're beating Ray and Phoenix. We know, sorry, we know they're beating Pack and Phoenix. And I hate this because normally it'd be like, oh, there's a bit of doubt here. But they have that lingering SCU is going to face them for the championships at some point. Mm-hmm. So they can't beat Pack. They can't lose to Pack and Ray Phoenix because they have to face SCU later. I wish they hadn't done that. Yeah. Because you know, you know they're facing the Bucks eventually, yeah, and that'll be a heel move. They're gonna retire. Um, yeah, that'll definitely be a heel move. They're gonna retire. Uh, what's his name? Because Chris Dan- uh, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, they're gonna retire Christopher Daniels. It's probably gonna be Christopher Daniels' last match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he hasn't been on TV in yeah forever. Like he he's in he's on his retirement tour and it's not even that much of a tour he he know he's hanging it up that's mm-hmm. this is the story I mean, he's been wrestling since the 90s oh he's been around forever mm-hmm. he's he's older than chris jericho <laughs> yeah he wrestled um, in wcw there's like you can find matches of him in wcw it's nuts pretty sure he's 50 <laughs> i think so uh yeah so yeah like i think there's no way they're not beating pack and ray phoenix so in order to do that, they got to heal it up. They got to mm-hmm. lean into it. They got to make the fans hate them. And if you yeah. can do that, it's a success. Because mm-hmm. they're going to hate you anyways. If your faces, they're going to hate you for beating Pack and Phoenix. So you might as well mm-hmm. make it intentional. And then we have Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. Oh, for the for the championship, for the TNT championship in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And if they jump off a forklift, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I think, I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully they've learned the lesson. At least if somebody jumps off of it, it's just Darby by himself. Matt Hardy's not anywhere up there. I'm, I'm mildly worried that they might switch the title here. <sighs> That'd be weird. I, I think it should it. be... I think it should be Miro or, or, or Archer that takes it off of Darby. That's the only two guys I want. Yes, I agree. Um, I would say that Matt Hardy would be a good transitional guy. Mm-hmm. Like if they wanted to put it on Hardy to then immediately put it on someone else without Darby taking like an epic beating. Yeah, sort of I can like, see that. Like if there's ever a transitional champion, Matt Hardy's that type of guy. He doesn't. Yeah. Need, it's like, oh, you put it on Dusty to take it off Dusty to put it on somebody else. Yeah, that's what they used to do for Flair. But yeah, I guess in, if they do that, I could see his new persona now as Big Money Matt with the belt would be pretty fun for a couple weeks. Yeah, hey, a couple shit. weeks. And, and then Miro kicks his head off or something. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. But then that great. Miro match would be so much less. So <laughs> I'd rather see Miro destroy Darby. Yeah, the Miro problem versus Darby is that, would be a hell of a match. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. This uh, mm-hmm. next week's card looks fantastic. Yeah, and you know they're gonna go huge on the first ever um card Unopposed. away. Yeah, from NXT, you know they're gonna go huge, and it looks like they are. Um, one thing I don't know if you saw this tweet, and he could be trolling. Did you see Andrade's tweet? Where it's like a, uh, the Panther and the his fist. Yeah, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars, man. Yeah, that's what it was—the Jaguar, not a Panther. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. it's a spotted, uh, 
large mm-hmm. cat with the yeah. fist is like you son of a bitch yeah well he's been tweeting like all his old rivals in new japan and stuff it's like he knows what he's doing you stop it sir. <laughs> stop so, getting me excited imagine that's what they do next week that'd be cool they'd have to keep that under wrap because is next week's going to be taped next week is taped yes yeah so they'd have to they'd have to film like a segment like we're no like after the fans have left or something <laughs> they they actually well they could um they did the Miro was a taped one mm-hmm. where they debuted Miro, Miro. So maybe they do that sometimes. Maybe because they don't have fans in the stands anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's That's true. It's it's got to be somebody that is doing work at AEW who's sending the information to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also that um, where TNT doesn't that rumor that TNT said they didn't want to have any surprises so they could do uh, yeah. uh, Andrade on the taped one. And then that leaks out. and uh... Oh, and, and then it's like, well, it's not a surprise now. Yeah. It's not a surprise. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's sneaky. Um, yeah. T- TK. TK. Uh, Tony Khan said that, uh, that that was a little overblown. Mm-hmm. He said, he said like, they don't want that every time, but, um, so there's there's creative ways to get around it, mm-hmm. um, which was like you look at the Paul White and the Christian thing that worked, that worked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't who yeah. people wanted, so maybe cool it with the greatest wrestler of all time, which they didn't yeah. say. They said Hall of Fame caliber wrestler, which which Christian is, yeah, which is everything that everyone said about Christian for the past. Seven years, so mm-hmm. I knew it was Christian from day one. You did. I just wanted to be Brock Lesnar to see the collective internet meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> I would be scared. I'd be cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Because Brock Lesnar, when he wants to work, is incredible. But you know that he has a massive ego, and it might be hard to work with him. Yeah, that's true. But I, yeah, I'm happy with Christian's there. Yeah, I'm so happy with Christian. I think he's great. Anyways... I think that's it. Yeah. See you next week. Hope, yeah, hopefully see you for a better hopefully it's show. Better. Yeah. <laughs>